This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is... You in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar. The freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello, welcome back to Swans Cast, everyone. And finally, a positive week, something good to talk about. And uh, we're very excited to be discussing that with, as always, Lee's here with me. And we've got a special guest. We've got Chris, I'm going to say his name wrong, Chris Stonehenge. <laughs> That's right. Correct That's me right. if I'm wrong. Yeah, okay. Absolutely I know you literally on. just told me before we, we started, and then all of a sudden the panic set in. Like, you told me how not to say it. And now all I can remember is that's how not to say it. So, what's the right way? But got it right. So, um, so welcome. Uh, if you want to maybe introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do and, and how you come to be watching the swans absolutely uh thank you so much for having me on straight away uh first off i mean it's uh i got in contact a couple of months ago and yeah i definitely wanted to to come on and, and share my views but yeah um first off i'm chris i'm originally from herefordshire in, in in england so um on the border of wales i don't class myself as welsh or english so i can't i can't say anything about the rugby this weekend definitely not um, let's talk about the rugby it's let's fine. not talk about the rugby definitely well, they both lost anyway, so, I mean... <laughs> um but yeah so i'm a, a student journalist as well as a professional journalist um so I, i'm studying at the university of south wales in cardiff as well as uh, covering the swans for international um which is a, a site i've worked for for a couple of years brilliant brilliant site um i recommend you go and check it out coverage on pretty much all four leagues um accreditation to every league so it's amazing and luckily i've been able to cover the swans a little bit last year and now i'm starting to do it this year again so i'm really excited to to watch them and yeah it was uh certainly a great result uh yesterday definitely was a great result and uh Glad to have you down here and enjoying yourself uh, covering the Swans. So it'd be good to get, obviously, your views on board, I think, because, as you said, you're not necessarily from Swansea or Swansea fan. So a neutral perspective of what you've seen all the time, which sometimes, you know, we're, also, we're both Swansea fans and the people that watch this are often Swansea fans. So it's kind of like, 
okay, so what actually do people who like football think about what's going on <laughs> who are outside the yeah. club? Because you get a different perspective and it's important to take that in sometimes because you can get caught in a bubble, I think. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to hear your views. And I'm sure we'll have you on um, a couple of times if you want to come back on, especially... If more than more than willing, mate. More than willing, unless you, unless you, unless you go for me this week. But no, I'm, I'm, more, than, I'm more than happy. Honestly, see what um... you say first, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, it's been uh, it's been great. The whole club and the whole city of Swansea have been so accommodating to me um, in the time that I've been down there. So it's, it's a really great city and a great and a great stadium to be in. So, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on with you, lads. Full full marks there. Definitely invited yeah. back. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You can uh, you can come again. And I know you said you're obviously um, in Cardiff for university, so I guess maybe it's not so enjoyable when you're you're up there. Yeah, is that is that is that how it is? <laughs> Cardiff on a night out is fantastic. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah. That's all. Have I'm you saying. done Swansea on a night out? I have not actually done Swansea. I've heard that Wine Street's the place to be. So that's okay. The plan. So when you do that, come back to us then. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, my a couple of my mates go to uni in Swansea, so that's where I uh bunk on a Tuesday night. If you bunk there on a Wednesday night, you can go out with the student night with them. I'm sure you'll have a good time. <laughs> Sounds good. But, um, Lee, how has your week been then? Quiet to be honest, just building up for this weekend. There's so much sport going on this weekend with the rugby, which we won't talk about. Um, yeah, and we had obviously the boxing on Saturday night. Liam Williams was fighting Chris Eubank, wasn't he? So, just I was just counting down from Monday for the weekend because I knew it was a big weekend coming up. But uh, other than that, it's been pretty quiet to be honest. Missed doing the last video, I think. Uh, oh, I got I missed the last it. video. I did try and I had, get some of your views in there, but uh, I had so much to say on the transfer window, I just needed to get it out. I think I was just talking to myself, pacing around. I needed to get it out, so I'm gutted I missed that one, but I did have well, a listen back. Maybe you can have a little bit of a say when we get into the new section. Yeah, it might, it might crop time. up. Yeah, it might crop up. I did say about your views and, and Cham in that video, so um, yeah. I don't know how, yeah. my, how, how, how much they I, agreed. I, but... Yeah, we'll come on to the game, but I think that still, uh, still stands. <laughs> okay, before we get started then, uh, don't forget to keep following all our content and keep up to date click that red subscribe button helps us grow as a channel we're trying to hit 500 we're nearly there so really appreciate anyone that helps us out there and also hit the like button if you enjoy what we're talking about enjoy what we're doing what we are doing sorry you know it helps tell us that we're on the right track and you are enjoying what you watch and as always as well give us your opinions in the comments let us know what you think about chris's neutral perspective on on the game <laughs> and uh and maybe he's going to raise some good points that none of us will, uh, will have noticed. So we'll, we'll wait and see. So let's get straight into the match then. So a little bit of a tough one. I think several people are worried going into this. Not being the best form. I think some people have been citing relegation form, like one win in, what was it, Lee, you were saying the other day? Something ridiculous. Oh, I like think it was one win in 12, wasn't it, I think, before yeah. this game? Um, could be here or there a couple of games, but it wasn't good regardless. And... We needed to try and turn it around because, as much as I think we were still, we still had a bit of a net to the relegation battle. I think some people were starting to peek over their shoulders um, a little bit anyway. There is a bit of a gap there, so I'm quite, I feel in better now. Um, but yeah, we went on and, and go and get a win against Blackburn at home. Blackburn obviously fighting at the top end of the championship table. They are currently still sitting second. Uh, however, there's Bournemouth behind them with two games in hand, uh, one point behind. So they're sitting second place on 53 points. Um, I guess lucky for us, their star player was on the bench. Um, the recently remind me Chilean, 
Chilean, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Was it Barrington Diaz? Is that how you say his name? Not another name. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, that was positive for us. We mentioned on the last video that he was away um, in South America with, on international duty. So, however, I felt the game at the start was quite nervy and quite. Um, I was worried for the first five minutes, let's put it that way. So I I wasn't quite sure how they were going to set up, and you two were at the game. I wasn't there myself, unfortunately, this week, couldn't make it. Um, on paper, when it came out on a team sheet, I thought they were going to go 4-3-3, but it didn't seem to be the case. Uh, I don't know if you had any insight in that, Chris, obviously, from the I, journalism side. I thought it was 3-4-2-1 um, when I first saw it. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a weird one from Russell. I, I I do think that, um, but I think it was maybe set up to to deal with Blackburn more than to to become more of a uh, a Swansea way. I think the way that we've become, we you guys have been accustomed, and that I've been accustomed to seeing Swansea is in that in that four three three system. But yeah, I think it was to to help deal with the wide players. Ryan Giles, we've seen him in Cardiff this year. Yeah. Um, has, has been exceptional. Um, and he's come back now to Blackburn, and he's a, was ever more of a threat. So. I don't know whether it was to combat him and to combat Niambe on the other side, um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a I think it was a good decision from Russell in the end. Yeah, Lee, what did you make of it down down the stadium? I, Obviously, uh, he missed Kyle Norton. So, do you think that had an impact on what was? Yeah, I think I, I was going to say I think that injury sort of uh, moved yeah. his hand a bit as well in what and who he could select. But I got to be honest, I did panic when I was walking down to the stadium and saw the team come out. And there was only one recognised centre half in the team. <laughs> it was only Cabango, and I couldn't work out for the life of me what he was gonna, what he's gonna do. I think the surprise was that he played Wolf as a as a wing back, because I didn't yeah. really have him being able to play in that position. And I will say, I think he played very well there as well. Um, but yeah, that, I I did I did panic before the game. I just thought it was gonna go either you know it was gonna go either one of two ways. We were either gonna you know have all of the ball and all the attacking players that he that he wedged in as well. Um, we were going to get a couple of goals or it was going to go pear-shaped as we've seen in the last couple of weeks where our defence has been a bit all over the place and they were going to run away with it. But uh, no, well, it showed there was another <clears throat> another option that he can do if, you know, with injuries. Yeah, I think maybe he's been tweaking stuff now for a couple of matches. Yeah. The last game he started with a five and went to a four after about five minutes, which is why <laughs> I thought this would have been a four. I thought maybe he's like, right, I've changed it now. I'm going to stick to that because I thought we did okay, actually, when we went to a four in the last game. Um, but yeah, it, it caught me off guard. I didn't, I didn't expect Wolf to be wing back. So I had, I had as man in downs, Cabango uh, and Christie as a back four, with yeah. uh, Grimes and, and Cham in the middle, and then Wolf, Patterson, Oberfemi, and Perot up top. But obviously that wasn't the case. He played Wolf wing back, um, and it was quite similar to what we have been playing, except we had two up top rather than the two behind the one striker, which is something that Lee you've been calling for. Um, yeah all season to see what it would happen a... if we did try that with yeah. this kind of like Patterson and, and Cham ahead of Grimes in the middle. Um, quite interesting, actually. But yeah, Wolf, uh, he has actually played wing back a couple of times in his previous club, only once or twice, I believe. I didn't realize that, but um, yeah, he has done it before and he didn't look too bad in that position. Although I, I definitely think I'd rather see him further up the pitch where he can do a little bit more trickery because when he was doing that stuff against Luton in midweek. He's exciting. Not, I'm not saying he can't play this role. He was good there as well. But I would like to see more of the attack inside of him. So 
good option to have that he can play there. But for me, if we can get someone else in that role, um, preferably, it just allows him to be more expressive going up top. But I'm, I'm guessing this new left back isn't quite fit yet because I know Russell Martin touched on it that he picked up a knock before they signed it. Mm-hmm. So they had to assess his physical, uh, if his, you know, his, his, if he was fit, basically, and he wasn't on the bench. So I take it that's why Wolf ended up playing uh, the left wing back role. So yeah, bit of a bit of a dodgy start. Um, Blackman and a couple of opportunities. Um, so Chris, I know you would have been obviously taking notes about all the yeah. chances early on and what was happening. So how do you think the both teams settled in at the start of the game and the beginning of the match and the action? Yeah, obviously, I, I'm quite new to Russell Martin's style. Um, I studied it before, obviously, because I, I was. Um, prepping for this role before I uh, I started and Russell Martin had just come in and I'd seen his style at MK Dons and it's very patient and it's very possession very possession based um, and I was a little bit worried that Blackburn could take advantage of it um, I think they could have done um, John Buckley playing up front an unfamiliar role for him probably could have uh, scored at least one or two in the opening minutes Um and I think it was Lenehan uh, just a little bit afterwards who, who could have scored as well. Yeah, I, I think Blackburn had the best of the first sort of 10 minutes, but as soon as the goal went in, and I'm sure we'll cover the goal, um, it... Oh, blimey, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> um, as soon as the goal went in, um, Swansea looked just looked a completely different side. And I think it was a completely different Swansea in that first sort of... Four, 40 blimey go away i'm so sorry about this <laughs> yes, I have um, no worries. <laughs> the first the first 45 minutes the, a completely different swansea to what i've seen um this season in, in in every single game like it was resolute it was strong defensively and yeah i, I was really really happy to to see it as well especially with all the, the fans around me they were all in, in a very good way whereby we were sitting um, just I can't remember what the actual stand is called, but it's in the. I was just in the center. I don't know if I can send you a photo and you can actually see what it is. We'll have a look, <laughs> we'll have a look later on. Um, yeah, but yeah, Lee. Like, obviously, Chris has touched upon the improvement of the defense there, um, which I think on the the whole game when we talk about maybe the end, especially that definitely was the case. But uh, when you were down there, were you a bit worried the first couple of crosses that got faced across the box? I think maybe Ryan Giles did a couple. Uh, do you think we were maybe going to concede early? And you said you were worried going into the game when you saw the lineup. So, oh, yeah. what were your thoughts at the start? Yeah, I well, I was, I was still in panic mode, still recovering from the the selection when I saw it. And uh, <laughs> well, they just started really well, didn't they? I think they they could have easily scored two or three in that first couple of minutes. I just thought, here we go again. Um, but it probably took a bit of time for us to settle in. I mean, like you said, you've got you know Wolf was playing wing back. He hasn't done that before for us anyway. Um, you know, Downs was back into sort of a centre-half position, so there was still a bit of adjustment going on, I think, in the first 10 minutes, just getting used to the personnel being there. Um, yeah, I did panic a bit. I thought, here we go again. It's going to be a long afternoon, but as Chris said, as soon as the as soon as the goal went in, that kind of settled us down a bit. And, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just 100 times better than what we've seen in uh, in recent weeks. One thing I picked up on in the last couple of games that I've seen is this first five, 10 minutes is not unusual and yeah. teams against us seem to be flying out of the box to try and get an early lead. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. So the press is very, very demanding right at the start from the other team. Puts us under a lot of pressure as they're trying to unsettle us, knowing that eventually we'll 
probably take control of the game, probably take control of the possession. And that did happen after about 10, 12 minutes, I think. Um, I think it was the same against Luton. And Russell Martin did touch on it in his interview afterwards where he said, um, for us, it's a lot easier when we score first and we tend to do a lot better. And, you know, the, the stats show we, we see games out and we get a lot more points when we take the lead, whereas when it's the other way around. Um, I know it probably sounds a bit obvious, but we find it difficult to come back from behind because of the style of play, because they all sit back then and we can't break them down. Whereas when we go ahead, they have to come out at us and we get the space in behind, which is what we need for the style of play to, to work. So um, I think teams know that and they come out firing, trying to get the ball in our half. That's where we give away most of our opportunities. And the first 10 minutes, it seems quite often that we have to ride the wave uh, and then get over that and start building. So hopefully that's something that can can be resolved going further into the season. Um, talking about the goal specifically then, so I think it was deserved from Michael Oberfemi. He's been knocking on the door for a couple of games now. He probably should have scored against Luton. But he finally does put one in the net uh, in this game against Blackburn. I guess, guess who provided the assist? The missing link that we've been speaking about all January. The goal's dried up. Uh, we didn't know where we were going to get goals from. All of a sudden, Jimmy Patterson back in the team puts in a good cross and we score a goal. So is that a coincidence, Chris? From a neutral perspective, you have no maybe loyalty or attachments to anything Patterson's done for the Swans this season. I'm sure you've seen about what's happened with the whole situation. So yeah. what are your thoughts on all of that? The words I said to the, the guy sat next to me, Matt Burgess, I, I said the words, that is what happens when you have a creative footballer in your team. It just he, he put his head up and he just whipped a crossing, a beautiful crossing, beautifully angled into Obafemi's head. But, you know, J- Pau is clearly a player who, who needs love and he needs, I, I think he needs license to go and, and, and express himself. And to have players like Perot and Obafemi ahead of him really, really excels his ability. And I think Russell Martin's love for, for him and, and the way that he's treated him in this time where obviously he wanted that improved contract. He either If he didn't get that improved contract, he wanted to move on. You know, the way that Martin's treated him, let him have that time off and then giving him this time now to, to excel and the Swans fans' treatment of him as well. I think it was the perfect solution for him uh, to, to play this game and to excel. And I think he did that. Yeah, I think he had a very good game. And I was happy because yeah. at the start, I feel like a lot of people were you know, annoyed at it. Myself, Lee, you know, when it first comes out. But then it's important. And I think I said this the first time we talked about it. We don't know the full details. So let's not jump on anything. Um, it is annoying. It's frustrating. We're probably all feeling a certain way right now. But let's wait and see because we don't really know what's happened. Um, we probably still don't really know the full picture. So, um, you know, until we do a reserve judgment to an extent. Um, so for him to come back in and the fans to be so welcoming, I'm glad of that because you see things online and you don't always know if it's going to be the case, but, it, you know, it seems like it was. Uh, the, he said himself about the fans saying his name and, and how that helped him settle back in because he said he was nervous coming out uh, for the first time in over a month. But, yeah, it was good to see him and get an assist straight back into it. Uh, I think that's going to have done wonders for his confidence and he's going to pick right back up where he left off now as a result of of that. And the team as well seemed to bounce off it, I think, as well, him just being there. Especially Perot, I think, has missed him a great deal. And so to hear about the the video call, it just hmm. it, it adds up to me because I, I said like Perot's lack of scoring has 
come perfectly with the fact Pat has been on the team. They've got a bit of a link there. It's clear they have a connection. So to hear the fact that he literally FaceTimed him the second the transfer window uh, closed and sprayed champagne to celebrate him staying, I mean, it's good that he's happy at that result and hopefully he can start it in the net again soon. Um, Lee, I know you were, at the time, like I said, me as well, were frustrated with the actions, but did you welcome him back and were you happy with what you saw? Yeah, I was... uh... I was worried that you would get a bad reception. I just when I saw him starting, which I didn't expect, I thought he might drip feed him back into the team. Um, I was thinking, oh, I think he might get a bad reception here, and it might just sort of spiral the position into like a bit worse than what it already was. But um, no, I'm glad he got a good reception. He had like a big massive cheer when his name was read out before the game, um, and he just seemed to pick up where he left off. I just thought, you know, maybe a bit he might be a bit rusty, he might be a bit nervous, but he just seemed to settle straight back in. To what we saw before he start before he stopped playing, um, and he seemed to be everywhere. Just and, and we said the quality for the for the goal. That's that's what he's got on the locker. And I think from what I saw yesterday as well in interviews and 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 the way the players reacted, it just seemed like he's such a big character in the dressing room. And I think just having him back on the pitch was a massive lift for everyone, for the fans, for the manager, for the players on the pitch. I just think that the confidence was there, and that was probably hanging over the club for a long time. Um, but but I will say as well, I think like Chris touched on it as well. I think Russell Martin handled it perfectly. He speaks so well. I mean, you know what it's like in the January transfer window. Every game, there's questions about who's coming, who's going. Jamie Patterson was sort of the big one on uh, on the agenda for us this this time round. I just think everything he said was to the point, and he just he just handled it so well. And then to put him straight back in the team um, was a great shout because he was straight back in, played brilliant, and now it's sort of it's all forgotten now, isn't it? Because he played so well. So I think, uh, yeah, credit to Martin on that as well. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> just want to touch on Oberfemi. Obviously, he's had a bit of an indifferent season. He struggled. He's struggled to make it onto the bench, to come off the bench and play. Not that many starts. There's been questions about his attitude, about you know, how he's settling in. And it's great to see him finally getting a run in the, in the team. A couple of games, started two in a row now. And to get on the score sheet. So I feel like that will do him a world of good and... Good that Perot perhaps has a little bit of competition now and it could benefit us as a team going forward. Or even the fact that they play together and it gives us another option and it clearly does and it worked. You could say this was a trial and we got a win. I know the circumstances in the second half change, but um, it's all positives for me going forward. And I'm hoping the club's just boosted the end of the Patterson saga and a, and, and a goal and the big win against a team like this. Hopefully it's like we've, we've hit the, the low and it's going to hopefully come up a little bit and start going in the right direction. Um, in terms of the rest of the first half, then I feel like after we scored the goal, we kind of controlled the ball for a little bit, um, kept possession quite well. But towards the end of the first half, Blackburn did come into the game a little bit more again. But... I can't remember any massive opportunities they had. Maybe was the one they hit the post in the in the first half, or yeah, he hit the post and he come back and uh... yeah, Buckley should have scored the open goal. After yeah, it. yeah, he yeah. should have scored. Did you see Ryan Manning's attempt to save it? Luckily, he hit it over because <laughs> yeah. Manning's like diving over, putting his arm out as if to make a save. Was that before or after his first yellow card? That was after his first yellow card because he was dead. He was was just, he was just... I think it was from the free kick that he gave the yellow card away. Oh, it might have um, been, yeah. I thought it was Cabango that, that done that one because I just remember Sky Sports absolutely rinsing him for, for giving away a stupid uh, free kick. 
It was two yellow. I got my tweet here. It's a two yellows within a minute. It was in Cham at one end and Manning oh, at the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, the enchantment, were... though, I thought was a bit like. It was a soft one. Yeah. Yeah. He just went in for a ball. I, you know, I, I guess like his, his touch was heavy and he's ended up being a bit late. But um, I don't even know the first man in yellow card was. Was that you know some things that went away on the other team? I'm sure there was one in the first half where somebody just blatantly booted the ball halfway down the pitch after a free kick was given. Yeah, in like the tenth minute or something. Yeah, unless I can't remember if he got booked for that or not. But I was just like, what? I don't think he did. I think it was Buckley himself actually, and I don't think he did get booked for that. But he did get booked for simulation. Um, yeah, a bit yeah, afterwards. Yeah, which was yeah. from my angle the clearest dive I think I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. So, <laughs> and again, I think the ref wasn't gonna wasn't gonna book him until he started waving his arms around in the air asking for a penalty. So, <laughs> and then he, he stopped the game, didn't he? And he was like, "Ah, oh, now now and now." Which fair play because they don't often don't often do that. So, we'll take that. Um, but yeah, second half starts. Not really much happened until the main incident, the main talking point of the game. I think so. Brian Manning did end up getting a second yellow card. Um, <laughs> You two at the the stadium. I'm wondering if you share the same view as me. I watched on TV, had the benefit of the replays and and the Sky commentators and all the rest of it. But I just didn't think I didn't think it was a second yellow. I think it was a fifty fifty. And the Blackburn player, like they're both going in for the ball. The Blackburn player is running as fast as he can to get there, right? And and yeah, okay, Manning goes to like play the ball and he hits the guy in his midriff in his, like sort of stomach area. Which is a high foot, but he's going to play the ball. His eyes are completely on the ball the entire time. And if the guy's going to come charging in at that speed, then there's going to be contact. So, how you know, if you're going to start handing out yellow cards every time somebody runs into a challenge and ends up on the floor, what you want the player who's just basically stood there to do? Just, just don't don't go for the ball because the other guy's running. So if he falls over, you're getting booked. That just frustrated me a little bit. And and even Sky, like they're never the most. Um, friendly towards Swansea sometimes on the on the TV. And they even said that they thought it was a bit harsh and a soft yellow card. So but I'd like to hear your two views on on that, Chris. I don't know what you thought um, of it. I my thoughts were from from my angle that if he wasn't on a yellow card, would he be given a yellow card? Probably not. Um it didn't it it just didn't everyone was in complete shock around the press box really is as how how it was given. even the Blackburn guys were saying, How on earth is that a second yellow? And some people thought it was a straight red that was given it. It definitely wasn't that. It well, the players wasn't. were trying to make out like it was yeah. really bad because the guy went down holding his face, which again, oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? He, he did hold his face. And I think, um, one of the guys in the press conference asked, um, that to Tony Mowbray, and he said, Look, it was a foul anyway, um, despite the fact of our terrible officiating in, in this league, but it, it's. <sighs> It's never a red card for me. His first yellow was definitely a yellow down the other end. That was not a yellow card, in in my humble opinion, in, in any way, shape, or form. He's going for the ball. His eyes are on the ball, as you mentioned. Um, it. I just don't know. I don't know whether it was the fact that he went down holding his face that earned that 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 second yellow, but it's not for me. Definitely not Lee, for me. Lee, I know when you first saw it. I don't know what angle you had from your seat in the stadium, but I feel like. You didn't know whether it was or wasn't, so I guess accepted that there was contact and yeah, you probably I'm, was letting the ref ask the question, but I don't know what you thought. I'm sort of like, what you see on TV is kind of my view, but a bit 
further down to the right is kind of my view. But when when it happened in real time, um, my first reaction was he's gone. I because I knew he was on a yellow, and I saw he did that, and I just I just said, oh, he's, he's gone. It's definitely a second yellow. He's gone. I don't know why. Because in real time, it looked like his foot was higher, and I just thought, why has he gone in like that? Um, he's given the ref every chance to just give him a second yellow. But then having seen the replay, um, it was a bit harsh. I think it probably is a foul. I think a yellow card is harsh, but I think it is probably a foul because he does sort of raise his foot a little bit and catch him. He's a bit late. It's probably a foul. Um, but whether or not, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about whether it was a yellow or not. Um, but I think you're right. I think the fact that in real time for me, I thought it was a second yellow. So I'd give the benefit of the doubt to the ref there on that bit. And the worst part of it was the fact that he was holding his head. And I think that was the most frustrating thing. And I think that does maybe sway his opinion. But I think like that shouldn't sway the ref's opinion. No, I should. The linesman should, he was right next to it, should have seen there was no contact in the head. So that's what I think the linesman needs to have a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the word is here, but like tell the referee, look, mm. there was no contact in the head. The player's rolling around on the floor, holding his head. There's something wrong here. I don't think, I'm not saying that should detract from any punishment yeah. maybe Manning should have in the referee's mind, but you should be also then punishing the player for trying to simulate a contact that isn't a contact. Like a head injury is bad and contact in the head is bad. And that's where maybe you start asking questions of red card. For him to go down and do that, What's the difference of the simulation asking for a penalty? Earlier? Wasn't there? Wasn't there a few? I can't remember if it was a few seasons ago, maybe two years ago, definitely pre-COVID. But there was um, a few like retrospective bans, wasn't there, for simulation? I remember it's it in was, the Premier yeah. League there was a couple, but that seems to have uh, gone quiet now. I don't know if they've sort of stopped what, doing that. What yeah, I will yeah, say for a while. is that I think Tim Robertson got a lot of decisions right yesterday. I think yeah. he yeah, actually oh, yeah. had quite a good, quite a good game. But I do think that that is never. A second yellow card. Yeah. I, obviously, the benefit of replays, we can all say, "Oh, should we introduce VAR to the championship?" But I, I don't think it would help anything out um, in terms of the controversy. We've seen it in the Premier League; it, it, it's not helping the controversy whatsoever. But I don't think they'd be able to check that, would they? Because it was a yellow no. card. Exactly. Exactly that. So it's it's a strange one, but I, I do think he got that specifically that one decision yeah. wrong. But I guess we've got the benefit of replays. Yeah, I do agree. I think. Overall, he had, a, he had a decent game. It's just that one decision, think... which you're going to talk about. It was a big uh, decision at the end. But ultimately, and I'm sure we'll discuss it going into the next part of the game, maybe a... that decision result ended ended up helping the final result. I, but yeah, um... I've got to I got to be honest. Though. I think um, I'm not. I didn't feel as aggrieved as we as I have been about other decisions. I can sort of understand why he's given the yellow on that one. So, um, yeah, but yeah. it is frustrating. It's a frustrating one because it could have I... gone the other way. But I can kind of understand it. I was just questioning it from the point of like they've both gone in for a 50-50, haven't they? So maybe it's a grey area, but where to draw the line of what a 50-50 is? Because he's literally bombing it into that challenge. So I and think he is though, isn't he? So like I don't really know what you're expecting other than any sort of contact with the other player. Um yeah. Yeah. No, I do you remember do you remember the one with um Nani from Man United against Real Madrid a few years ago where he's He's put, he's put his foot up to bring the ball down and he doesn't even see the player coming. He has no intention of, uh, of hitting him, but the player sort yeah. of runs into his leg and he gets and a second I mean. yellow for it and goes so off. If his foot's up and the player runs yeah. into it. And I kind of, maybe being cynical, but I kind of feel like the defender was a bit clever because he knew Manning was on a yellow card. So to run at him with that pace, 
in a 50-50 ball. He knows he's going to make the ref have a decision. And, and I think the only reason I think that might have been what he was doing, I think he had every intention of going down as soon as he felt any contact, maybe was helped yeah, by the maybe. fact that Manning did have his leg up, even though it was, yeah. for me, completely understandable why he did. Um, I think he's gone down older than his face, so I think his intentions are clear from the moment he ran into into that <laughs> challenge for me. And I think Karma ended up... Uh, coming yeah. back you've got to you've got to feel sorry a bit for Manning because if you think like he had that red and then he didn't uh Lansbury didn't get sent off when he absolutely shafted him against Luton away <laughs> well I guess again consistency is another question yeah. you can ask but yeah. um that could be a whole podcast in itself about the referee yeah. and consistency oh, yeah. in the league but <laughs> yeah. let's move on from the red card now I think everyone's kind of got the same opinion some maybe more I think myself I, I'm a bit more frustrated than you two perhaps but um, it, it's a build-up, I think, of, of of decisions against Swansea this year. The even, fact that we haven't even had one penalty all season, and uh... even Tony Mowbray was saying at the end of the game, like how bad the standard of refereeing in the EFA oh, yeah. is in general. And you hear it from League Two managers, you hear it from Championship managers. Ha- like it is frustrating, and the the only thing you can do is, is to solve it. Well, I'll put it in football terms for you guys. If you've got a right winger, right, who, who's who's good, but you haven't got anyone to challenge him, you know, he he won't go on and improve. There's not enough. There's not enough referees to improve the standard. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I'm a qualified referee myself, right? And it's so frustrating watching watching actual referees do it. But then you you put yourself in their shoes, and you think, oh, actually, what I would do? What if I bottled that? You know, what if I didn't give that decision? It's such a difficult one. Yeah. I don't know what the the fix is, but I think something needs to be. Yeah, it definitely yeah. Be yeah, the, the standard, especially this year, I think has been uh, has been pretty poor. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah. again, I don't know what the fix is, and I don't think VAR is the fix at the moment. I know we touched on that, but that's not not at the moment. So I don't have an answer. I yet. always maintained a system like they use in rugby would have just worked, but I know they don't want to stop start the game. But um, VAR is doing that anyway. And I don't see why they can't implement a more of a TMO system that just works better. Maybe they're on about changing rules in football in general. I know we're talking a bit off topic here. Um, and I think also one of the things I heard floated around was maybe lowering the actual 90 minutes down because um, there's so much stoppage. They don't actually play 90 minutes of football. And they were talking about that conversation, I think, quite a lot. So if they did lower it down and add the whole like stop the clock when they're, you know, like rugby does. I don't see why that it, it can't work for football. And if it means things are getting done better and decisions are more correct and, and all the rest of it, isn't that what you want, really? Yeah. There's enough did. time wasting that goes on in the 90 minute game anyway for them to just be like, he's kicking the ball away, take a time off. I don't think they can, I don't even think they necessarily need to stop the game in football. And you don't want that because it's such a free flowing game. You don't, but like, you see so many, if you watch a game, particularly if you watch it on Sky, you just see so many replays instantly. Couldn't there be, you know, another another ref sort of watching it as the, the game is on? A quick replay straight away. Oh, look, you need you need to sort this out. This you've had a, you've had a mare on this yeah, one. Yeah, just getting his year in it. Oh, you need to right. Okay, have a look at this challenge, and then he stops the game and has a look at the challenge. Yeah, but yeah, again, I have no idea. How to yeah, uh, but maybe maybe we'll have a maybe in the summer we can revisit that topic when there's no games to talk <laughs> about. But um, yeah. Move on to the second half, right? Manning goes off. Um, 
a little bit of a shake-up then is needed. So um, Chairman of Femi make way for Corey Smith and Ryan Bennett. You know, the task at this point now comes to just protect the 1-0 lead to get the three points, defend, which is perhaps something we haven't really seen from Russell Martin and the team all season, is, is this style of play. It went back to a little bit more Steve Cooper-esque in, in the way they defended the 1-0 lead, bodies on the line, and actually they did it really well. People have questioned the defending, um, but the defending was actually really good, I thought, for the rest of the game. And I, I think it just proves they haven't forgotten how to defend. The, the issues that we've had with the defence this season have come from gaps in the system and inconsistencies instead of adjusting to that when it comes to ultimately just defending and sitting back and doing, first and foremost, defend the goal, which is what Steve Cooper probably trailed in for them two years. Uh, they, they, they can still do that very well. So Ryan Bennett comes on, slots in in a centre-back um, where Manning basically came from. And Smith slots in for and Cham. Later on then, uh, there was a, a last substitution which Perot came off for Latibaudier, who went into the wing-back role and they put Wolf up top. My view on this was, because people were questioning why Perot was coming off, but I think he wanted Pato and Wolf to kind of be an option to break away if we did get a counter-attack opportunity and Wolf did have a couple of uh, runs where he was able to do so. Patterson had the ball a couple of times as well, but I think was very tired and <laughs> couldn't manage to pick his head up and have a look. The Wolf was standing a couple of feet ahead of him free, but yeah, but we'll, we'll give him, we'll let him off on that one. But um, how did you make of the the defensive effort then, Chris, after the red card and the, and the rest of the game? I thought it was Fantastic, as you mentioned, we're not really used to that under under Martin um, whatsoever. I mean, but despite the fact they have, I think they got twelve clean sheets this season, Swansea, um, which yeah. is quite a remarkable start when you consider the start Martin's uh, Martin's style. Um, when it when it comes to the way that they defended, I think it came a little bit down. I don't want to play to to play it down, but I think Blackburn were a bit one dimensional. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, their 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 crossing was was poor. They didn't find Brereton Brereton Diaz's feet enough. Um, they were all going. They're going for cross, 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 cross. There was one. I think Fisher was tested once. Yeah, and that was a looping header from Van Heck. Yeah. That was it. Like that. I I do think Swansea defended well, but I think it was a lot down to the way that Blackburn attacked rather than the way Swansea defended. Yeah. I think that Lenihan should have scored like twice, shouldn't he? Yeah, first half definitely. He had he had one where it came through to the back post and he and he yeah, sort of mishit it, it wide, which is a massive chance. He had one where he had a really good chance as well, which sort of just swerved away over the crossbar, which I yeah. thought was in yeah, yeah. from my angle. I think uh, Karma came back a little bit there, holding yeah. his head on the floor. But um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Giles was a good spark down the down the left uh, for them, um, but. You know, everyone was raving about him saying how good he was playing, but I thought that Christie was very good again out to him and blocking across. He blocked so many crosses coming in from Giles. Um, fair play, I thought he had a really good game there. And uh, the other one I have mentioned in regards to Blackburn's players, Ryan Hedges, uh, former Swans Academy product. Uh, didn't realize he'd, he's got he'd got to move to, to Blackburn, working his way back up the leaks, but um, luckily he didn't come back to. Haunt us either. Believe what did you make of the second half then? Yeah, no, I agree with what Chris said. I think we did. We we set up well. You know, we set with you know five across the back essentially at the end. Um, 
I thought we set up well, but apart from the three chances that we spoke about, Blackman didn't really create that much. And uh, my my father, who was sat next to me after 10 minutes of the red card, he said, oh, they, they're not going to score here. You could just see the way we've set up and the way that they're attacking. And he was confident. He's ne- he never says anything like that. He's the first one to say, <laughs> oh, this is it. We're going to lose this game. <laughs> and he said, no, I, I'm pretty confident here that we're not going to concede. And I gave, him, I gave him a bit of a dirty look, but he was right. Uh, no, he's right in the oh, end. I'm glad this just looked... didn't come back to haunt him because that would have yeah, been we like, looked... uh, a nice one. I think we looked pretty comfortable. I, like Chris said, Blackman didn't cause too many problems. And I think the, def- the defence was pretty solid. So I did get a, I did get a, an answer to something that I was worried about as well because I thought um, after the transfer window and after we lost against Luton, I was in a bit of a, a mood, shall we say, towards like our chances. I thought we're looking over our shoulder now and getting a bit worried. And I just thought, like, if we do get dragged into a like a dogfight relegation, I don't think that we had the players to to sort of dig us out when you need those big moments. And I think you know they did that on Saturday, and I think it showed players like Ryan Bennett coming on how good he is at actually defending. I know he get he's got a lot of criticism this year because he's playing in that system which doesn't suit him, um, and he's been slated by some fans for being slow and giving goals away and whatever. But when he needed to come on and defend, I thought he was pretty good. And Cabango as well, alongside yeah. him. I thought they were pretty solid. Cabango's been described as a colossus the last couple of games. Like Ryan, uh, Ryan. Russell Martin has been very impressed with his improvements. And it does show because couldn't really get in the team to start of the season. We highlighted on here that he does need to improve his ball playing and adapt to this new style. But maybe he had age on his side that would allow him to do so. And it does seem that he is finally getting to grips with it a little bit. There's a couple of times where he tries to run out of the back when he's in the corner and runs into trouble and gives the ball away. But I'm sure with more time, those sort of things and decision-making will will still improve a little bit more there. Um, Fisher as well, you've just touched on, someone touched on him, perhaps not having to make the most amount of saves. But I thought, like, people have questioned, did we need a keeper? Did we need to spend money on a keeper when we couldn't spend money elsewhere, like O'Reilly and all this other stuff? And you know, you could talk about what you thought the priorities were. Obviously, Russell Martin identified he wanted a keeper to play his system. Um, I think it's quite clear that he's going to be going Fisher long term now, first choice. I don't really see a way Ben Hamer gets back into the team other than like injury or cup matches now. Um, but uh, he had a bit of a ropey start against Luton, but his distribution is like when he's under pressure, you know, sometimes you just want the keeper to kick it upfield and just get rid of it. I felt like every time he was doing that, he was still picking out a pass. doesn't mean the player always won it, you know, with a header or whatever, but he was quite pinpointing his, his long ball and his distribution. And I, I'm I'm assuming that's literally the reason why he's been brought in to play this system because he's so comfortable on the ball. So that is a positive as well, I thought. Um, Lee, I don't know what you thought of Fisher's performance. Obviously, first time you've seen him firsthand. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought I agree with you. I thought he was pretty good. I was impressed, especially with his distribution. Yeah, he made a couple of good saves as well. There was one save in the first half, I think, which was uh, which he got down well to. Um, so, yeah, he ticked all the boxes for me. There was one passage of play in the first half where I think they just passed it around between you know Grimes, Downs and Cabango and the keeper for for ages and then eventually they got through and Grimes knew he plays Oberfemian and I think you would have seen that goal for for years to come because there were so many passes in the build-up to it and I was just thinking, oh, just get rid of it now because they were just passing it around the back and Fisher was involved in that as well. So I think you can definitely see why he brought him in. I was one of the ones that said, I don't think we needed a keeper. I didn't think that was a priority, but 
yeah, it showed yesterday, especially if they can get him in and the way they pass out of the back there, I think it's uh yeah, it seems good looks good to me. Yeah. Um I think touching on the, the post match interviews, um obviously we talked about this different style of play that the Swansea played and the rigid defensive stuff, which doesn't really happen under Martin. Um the Blackburn manager, Tony Mowbray came out and said that, I think he was quite confident pre-match, wasn't he, saying that they know exactly how to play against Swansea. They prepared exactly what they need to do. They know how to play against us. And he came out afterwards and said, we prepared to play against Swansea, not a low block. And, I mean, it's good that everyone said, Russell Matt and I've got a plan B. I know this was forced with a red card, but it shows that there's something else in the locker. And as for his comments saying about, we prepared to play against Swansea, all I want to respond to there is, you were 1-0 down when you were playing against Swansea. The only reason you had to play against a low block was because of the red card after we'd already scored. So, you know, they had 54 minutes to get a goal against Swansea, as he said, and he didn't do that. So um, <laughs> just wanted to put that out there. But Chris, I want to ask you, who do you think was the man of the match from Swansea's perspective in this one? I've got to say Kabango, honestly. Um, absolute man-mountain. Uh, and not only that, the way that he distributed the ball in this game is the best I've seen him. I saw him about five or six times last season, and this is the second time this season. He is improving drastically. Um, Russell commented on it in the in his press conference that how much he's working hard in training, how robust he is for such a young lad. He plays a lot of football, and honestly, I'm I'm so happy the fact that that he's playing not only for for Swansea on a regular basis, but I think he's a he's going to be a regular for the the Welsh national team for a long, long time. Um, he he really has so much talent, and if there's a Premier League player in there. Whether it's for Swansea, don't say that. <laughs> whether it's for Swansea or whether it's not, there is definitely a Premier League player in Ben Kabango. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think we forget we forget how young he is as well. Like he seems to have just been around for ages. I think we do forget how young he is. Sometimes he is still being moulded essentially and I think since uh, Russell Martin said um, about him trying to sort of get his World Cup place if potential potential World Cup place for Wales since then I think he's been uh, he's been brilliant and especially yesterday he was class Who's your man of the match then or are you going to say There was a few there was a few good performances yesterday I think Wolf at left wing back I thought he was brilliant I thought he played really well especially when he got put up front at the end there was one. There was one bit of play where he sort of got through about four players, um, and he sort of nearly gets through. I just thought he was brilliant. He just seemed to run forever yesterday. So I thought he was good. Um, it might be a, might be an easy one, but I got I got to say Patterson. I just think the the occasion and everything that's gone on, the performance that he put in, I thought he was brilliant. And if he scored that that long shot with the keeper heads <laughs> out, that would have been uh, that would have been a moment forever. I really wish that went in. So I got to edge it to him. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I think the fans generally voted Patterson on the Swans uh, yeah. site as well. I don't know who got the official award in the game. I don't know if Chris, you, you know who that was. I can't remember, to be honest. I think Patterson added off Sky. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know who uh, Ian Mitchell said it was, but I think he might have said Flynn Downs as well. Um, was, was right and another yeah. moving to centre-back. Very good performance from Flynn Downs. Sofa scores got Andy Fisher with the highest rating. So it just shows the snare. <laughs> Everyone. That the whole team just... And I'll tell you what, as well, a massive shout out to the Swansea fans. The the antithesis between Luton and this game, I don't know whether it's because it's a, a, small, a smaller club or whether it was a weekday or whatever, 
but the the difference in in the, in the fan base um, between Tuesday and and Saturday it, it was ridiculous. It was like two oh, different yeah. clubs, two different fan bases. Honestly, yeah. um, I think it was and, a cross between midweek and just yeah. after the transfer window, and a lot of people were annoyed after the transfer. And they window, and they so. roared them. They roared them home. They genuinely roared them home. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think Swansea would have won that game without the fans. Yeah, it was uh, it was rocking yesterday. I haven't seen I think that. The goal helped. Like after the goal, they had something to cheer and hold on to, and it was like, okay, we we we've seen a turning point here. Or do you think yeah. that helped? Like if it was the other way around, a Blackburn go one nil up. Do you think you get the same? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. I genuinely got a sense of frustration from obviously the transfer window. There's yeah. limited players brought in um, in the in the positions that Swans fans expected. Um, and obviously the performance against Luton, in my opinion, was nowhere near the one that, that was displayed yesterday, despite the result. like It's not about results, yeah. as Russell Martin said. It's not about, it's in, in this process, it's not about it as much as people would expect. But the, the, the performance yesterday was so much better, both defensively and offensively. And I think the fans responded to that really, yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, that's fair enough. Okay, um, I don't think there's anything more for me to say on this game. Anything, final words for either of you two before we move on? Oh, oh good. The only thing I want is going to say, a bit controversial, I just think uh, Oberfermi, like you touched on it, I think Oberfermi sort of putting his hand up over Perot. I think Perot's been quite quiet for a long time now, I think since before Christmas. And Oberfermi looks sharp. I think he looks he's looking really good at the moment. Whether that changes again in a few weeks if he has a strop about something and he's back outside, back out of the team again. But yeah. I was surprised he took Oberfermi off before Perot. I thought, leave him on, because he was running and he looked sharp. I just thought, leave him on. But he got, he got it right in the end. But maybe the press, he does credit Perot as, as our best presser from the front, doesn't he? He says yeah, that he leads the press well. Um, do you think maybe, maybe you won't have to pick one or the other if he's going to stick with this system going forward? Or perhaps now Patterson's reintroduction will... Boost Perot, and you'll have two strikers that are firing. So, oh, otherwise, if you're picking the one, yeah, he could be. I think you play all three. You definitely yeah. play all three. The way that yeah. they linked together last game, and the way that Obafemi and uh, and Perot reacted in the uh, in the press conference for Pato, oh, yeah. um, was, was brilliant. So, yeah. yeah, I think they all they all love playing with each other. I think Obafemi compliments Perot. I think Perot compliments Patterson. I think Patterson compliments all of them. You know, I think they work well together as a three. I think Obafemi works well yeah. wide as well. So, definitely worth pursuing that 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 avenue. Yeah, I think Martin touched on the fact that it worked. Uh, they complement each other, uh, Obafemi and Perot as well. So perhaps it's in his thinking going forward to keep that as as the. Uh, the system going forward. Um, speaking of Patterson, then we'll go to the word of wine on Wine Street, which, if you don't know, Chris is our little new section. We I love it, <laughs> a little name for it. But um, I've really got too much to talk about. Obviously, it's a bit of a quiet week or two now, probably after the transfer window. But the big news, which we did already talk quite a bit about, was obviously this Patterson situation. Um, and putting that behind us is kind of like what the agenda is here and what the news is. So he has come out and, and basically stated. Um, that he doesn't blame the fans for being angry, but he does want to stay here longer now. And he, he's basically saying, you know, he wants to find a resolution to sort out a contract that ties him down long term. So, yeah. can we see this happening? Or? I hope so. I hope so for your guys' sake. I mean, this this lad is. I I genuinely think, and I know it's not as simple as that, but 
this guy can can create and and score goals in a side that that doesn't create and score goals um in that in that way you know he he came in yesterday and 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 changed it for me um in that in that manner so i genuinely hope he does stay because i think he can excel so so much in this side yeah lee yeah i i really hope he stays because i think we said about the way russell martin handed it i think they get on well he obviously wanted him um brought into the club i think long term if they can get him in and be part of a you know, a few, a couple of year project with Russell Martin. I think it'll be brilliant. But the the Swansea fan in me says that it's potentially just a you know paper over the crack job for now. If they couldn't get something done in January, we may see something done in the summer. Um, but I'm hope I'm hoping that's not true. I'm hoping that's not true, and we can uh, tie him down for a bit longer. I like to feel like trusting what Russell Martin is saying, and it wasn't about money and um, yeah. just about. Maybe he he's on about the fact he wants to feel loved and feel like he's at home, isn't he? He doesn't want to be put back in the situation like he was in the summer where he's uncertain about his future and all the rest of it. So if he's asking for a longer-term contract, perhaps he wants something that sees him until like a retirement age because he's he's not you know he's not too far off. Perhaps looking at that, if you give him three or four years, for example, he'd be what thirty-four then. So as a winger, um, probably wouldn't have too long left after that. So I guess. If you give him like a maybe you want them with the extension, like rather than just one year, like you've done well, so yeah, we will extend, but let's renew a contract and give you another year or two, and that would have been all all fine and rosy then, and that's what he was after. So hopefully they can they can find a resolution, and I feel like it's in the club's best interest to do it because it's going to be a lot cheaper if someone comes in for him in the summer with one year left on his deal than. If they do manage to give him a couple more years and someone still wants him, they have to pay for him. So, yeah, I'm hoping between now and the summer they can uh, they can get something sorted because that would be massive. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward then to build up to this week. We've got Stoke City versus Swansea City as we go away to uh, to Stoke on a is it Tuesday? Tuesday night. Called Tuesday night up in Stoke. <laughs> I was I was over the moon because I like lost control of the fixtures at the moment because there have been so many games. So after Saturday, I thought it was um, a week break. Um, but there's like full fixture list in, in midweek, Premier League, Championship, everything. So looking forward to that. Yeah. And then we have Bristol City visiting on the weekend where, you know, we're, we're kind of becoming the team of Bristol City uh, past players slowly. <laughs> Patterson and Walsh joining us this year. We had Corey Smith. Corey Smith. Uh, Last year, yeah. I feel like I'm missing someone else as well. But who I wonder who we get this season? Who's out of contract there now? <laughs> but um, we there this year, <laughs> yeah. I believe he said that was on TV as well on Sunday. Yeah, was right? on, on Sky. On yeah, Sunday, what a cool kickoff! Nice. So yeah, if you can't get to the games this week, then it's all on the telly. So enjoy that. But going up just the Stoke game specifically then, it's hard to kind of look at the team selection for Bristol without seeing the midweek, so we'll stick to Stoke. But um, any changes you think, Chris, uh, required or perhaps necessary for the opposition, or if there's any maybe injuries or knocks? I know Manning's not going to be available. So yeah, I think what you have to do, especially in the Championship, is stick to a winning formula. Um, if you beat a team like Blackburn Rovers in the way that they did, then surely going going up to Stoke, you want to be defensively solid and stick with the system. I think he'll do that. 
Um, you know, probably bring Ryan Bennett in. I won't, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised about that. But yeah, apart from that, I don't see there being many changes, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I don't think so many. Lee, have you got any insight on that? No, I think Manning being out is a difficult one. And depending if Norton is fit again. He's already confirmed um, he won't be here, I think. Oh, yeah, he's not. Well, okay, that's not fine. Will be. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Bennett probably comes in. I think we probably need another centre back to start away from home rather than having just the one. But um, yeah, other than that, maybe brings in Corey Smith to start just to be a bit more solid away from home rather than having all those attacking players playing. But that's maybe the only two changes I can see. Um, see maximum for me. I would if Downs is going to play centre back. Then I would rather if if he's going to swap and charm out for one of them, perhaps I'd rather Fulton start over Smith. I just think, yeah, I I agree in the yeah, holding role. Yeah. I just think, especially against a team like Stoke as well, he gives us that bit of height, and he likes to stick his foot in. And I think maybe a team like Stoke, we need that. Um, not not knocking Corey Smith or anything, but I would just like to see Fulton if that was going to be a change, but. I'm wondering whether you'll just stick to the same, to be honest, and just replace Manning. I agree, probably it will be Bennett that comes in. Um, but what does concern me is if it's Bennett, Flynn Downs and Cabango in the back three, there's not an awful load of pace if Stoke no. do get in behind. And that's where we've struggled when we have played the likes of Bennett and Cabango together this season in the past. So that would be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Stoke, Stoke have got Josh Marger now, haven't they? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so he he's got pace. That'd be something that be be worrying. I think for if they did play those three. Yeah. yeah. So that's something I think is worth bearing in mind. Like I don't know. Obviously, we haven't seen Finley Burns yet. I don't know yeah, what sort option. of centre back he is. Like how how good he is on the ball. How what's his pace like? I'm not really sure. So um, I'm wondering whether he perhaps will make an appearance. But um. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And whether, I guess, Ogbetter is available, and if he comes in left-back and that frees perhaps Wolf to go further forward, which might see Incham drop out that way instead, but I would be surprised, perhaps, after Wolf showing a wing-back if he does put Ogbetter straight in, especially away from home. Um, what did surprise me, though, obviously Swans are up to 16th now. Uh, we jumped two positions, or three positions, I believe, with our win. 35 points. So you're saying about perhaps looking over your shoulder. We do have a 15-point gap to the relegation zone. So I, I'd like <laughs> to think we're going to be fighting this season. I, I really don't think we're going to get dragged down there. Uh, Peterborough have lost four out of their last five. Barnsley just losing every single game they're playing. And Derby, as much as they went on a good run and looked like getting out of it, they've tailed off a little bit in the last couple of matches again now. So they still got some ground to make up. And that's with that Reading, who was sitting in 21st, who also lost the last five games. So I think we've got enough to not be worried about that. But I thought Stoke were having a good season. And I know they started really well, and they were around the playoffs for quite a bit of the first half of the season. But they're now only four points ahead of us, two positions ahead of us in 14th. So they've actually been tailing off the last um, couple of weeks. So... When they smashed us earlier this season, where they really did give us uh, a hide in Arrowroom Stadium, I'm wondering whether we can offer a little bit more this time. Yes, yeah, the uh, the Sam Clucas derby again. <laughs> Is he playing? We've got we, we to beat them because it's still my idea. How many times he scores against us and celebrates like mad? 
I just we've got to beat them. But uh, I assume he's playing. Sixteen million, sixteen million. He was something like that. Yeah, that's bad he times. Played, he played in their last game against Wigan in the FA Cup. Yeah, I guess yeah, he'd probably be there. I think. Well, even if he doesn't play any game in the season, you play him against Swansea home and away because he yeah, plays. He always, <laughs> oh, he always plays well. Um. So he. Let's have a look. Wigan. He came off the bench against Wigan, and then the last Championship game. He didn't start. So perhaps he's not. He's not he's in favour. He's an unused really. substitute. You've got to start him. You've got to start him. But Joe Allen as well, isn't it? Joe Allen's there as well. Oh, he's lost. He started Come against on. Wigan, but again, he didn't start the last game in the in the Championship. So perhaps they're not in there. You know, Joe Allen. And my Joe Allen. My uh, obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan. I, I share that with Swansea fans. I, I do love a bit of Joe Allen. Yeah. Um, as well as Sam Klukas, who, who used to play for my local club, Hereford, so I can't complain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he came yeah. from, isn't it? Crazy, yeah. that is. I don't know how we paid so much money for it, mind. I don't <laughs> understand how you, how you manage that one, to be fair. <laughs> when you, did you used to watch him at Hereford? Um, yeah, I saw a couple of games of him. He was all right, but that was did when you he ever was... think he was going to be sold for, like, what, 15 million? Or Never. <laughs> 16 million, maybe 16,000. Never 16 million. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope these words don't come back to, to bite us. He's in definitely the scoring, by the way. He's ah, definitely we'll be, scoring. We'll be sat here the last two games against us, I think. We'll be sat here on Tuesday night crying when he scored again and taking his shirt off and it's all right. guess me, in the air. It gets me a good thumbnail when he does it. So I can't be honest, though. Do you remember that? Was it last season when he just run the length of the pitch to get to the away fans? Like out of my own style. Like out of my own style, isn't it? Just, yeah. Part of me thinks that's hilarious if it wasn't us. To be fair, it's our own fault because we gave him so much stick, and yeah. and not just in person. I think there's a lot of messages on you know us like on on Twitter and stuff these days. People like to go in on these players even though they never going to see him or whatever. You know what it's like online. So yeah. I think he he's read enough of that where he comes to play against us and it's just like, well, who's laughing now? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens on on that one. Um, Sam Lucas Derby. Hopefully he won't <laughs> score and we'll be celebrating a win up in, in Stoke. I think it's been a while since we've done that, so it will be nice to to get away. Oh, Ben Wilmont's there as well. There's another one. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five on some ex Swansea player to score, to score a goal in that game. So Yeah. <laughs> and, and Bristol City then. So, um, I would like to see if Patterson can stay in the team and get some consistent get back up to his his standards. I wonder if he'll score against his former club. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. Be nice. Be, be nice yeah. for him. I think he, I think he deserves a goal now. Obviously, he got that assist. Um, it'd be great to see him score, especially against Bristol City. To be honest with you, um, yeah. he, he just seems like a cracking lad. To be honest, so I feel really bad for him. I really do. Um, obviously, you guys have, have, have had the frustrations, but. The mental health break. I think. I think he obviously expected a lot different to what he was told, um, and I just genuinely hope he, he goes on and does does really well. I, I yeah. have. So, I think you guys are, are the same. I have so much faith in the fact that he can help Swansea. You know, lift their season's expectations now. Yeah, I think so. Like the club have been very supportive. Obviously, Russell Martin was, and and even Julian Winter in his program notes. I think if it was a bad situation, you'd expect the club wouldn't be so supportive or like um they would have fined him and they didn't find him. So I like to think that 
it is done and dusted and we can move on. Yeah. And he's got a good future and maybe goes nuts in the in the in the next Cardiff game as well and cement <laughs> his status in Swansea folklore. But that's a couple of months away yet. So on that note, oh they did lose today actually, didn't they? They lost against Liverpool in the country. They did. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris. That's absolutely cracking. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um speaking of, of cup games as well, Steve Cooper did well. They did. They beat they beat they beat Leicester, didn't they? Four one. Brennan Johnson Leicester had full team out as well, did they? Pretty sure, yeah. Brennan Johnson yeah. scored as well. Happy days. Yeah, yeah he made the keeper, I think, didn't he? But um <laughs> they, look, Steve Cooper plays too boring, so it doesn't matter if they beat in Leicester four one. It's too boring. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you explain the way like everyone hated him? No one hates him anymore, it's funny. It's only been yeah, like yeah, no, you don't, you don't see it now. You get, you Everyone get, wanted get him gone in the now. summer. Oh, that playoff final, he was already out the door. I want him gone. And I was like, oh, my God, they're beating Leicester in the cup. Like, I remember uh, well, when I, mean... uh, I remember when uh, he was here and we came on here so many times to defend him. Um, and we were just like between me and Luke just reading out like tweets that people had said about Cooper. And I still had them. I still had the screenshots. I was looking at earlier during the game. And there were ones like, <laughs> like you know, Swansea said he's going to die unless Cooper is out of the club. And like, Funny, some of these extent. people are now on Lively. social media saying how well he's doing a forest. And it's fickle, isn't it? It really oh, is. Oh, God, yeah. It's crazy. And um, all I want to say is if he had a striker last season, it just shows what, with a little bit of back in, he tell you what, he got a you lot of what he had. Rian, you like to have Rian Brewster last season, you go up. I think yeah, we second yeah. if we had Rian Brewster last season. 100%. Hundred yeah. percent. He went. He went to the wrong club, and it really angered me. <laughs> yeah. And as he actually does, he even play now. He he plays on the right wing for Sheffield United. It's like, does he score like... match? Or... No, no. What about McGurney? Is he playing these days? He, he, I don't know. But I'll have a look. I'll have a look how much he's playing. Though. Usually, I feel like um, both of them have just like their careers died. Usually, McGoldrick, isn't it? I think plays more. Up front, three, goal, three goals in 14 games this season in the league. Brewster. Who's that, Brewster? Yeah, he could have so much more, and it's so ang- it angers me. Shame so we much. can't afford players like that anymore. I'll tell you <laughs> what, we with Cooper and Forrest, if they get anyone near the playoffs and they you know go up, I could see him it's going for us. Yeah, Cooper. yeah. You, you'll definitely get him, you will definitely get him, and probably like some of the other ones. Like, is Gallagher's on loan in here at Palace? Yeah. If yeah. Forrest go up, you'll be on loan of Forrest next year. God, that the team that we had, we had Gallagher and Brewster and Guehi in the same yeah, team. Yeah, and it's no coincidence the second half of that season was so good for us and we ended up pipping Forrest to the playoffs, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Go on, yeah. <laughs> and then he has, they haven't been good until he came and rescued them. Yeah. We'll leave but that there one. we are. I think that's a good <laughs> note to end on anyway. So... um <laughs> Thank you both for joining me. It's been a good discussion. Oh, I will uh, say, oh, Chris, you uh, you enjoyed your day at, at Swansea again, then you enjoyed the uh, the whole experience. Oh, absolutely. The whole club um, is a fantastic, really welcoming uh, club. Every single member of staff that I've spoken to has been helpful, has been really, really kind. Um, the media room is fantastic. Uh, I, I do, do profess that I did rock up at half past one yesterday because um, I thought it was a three o'clock kickoff. <laughs> which is really shocking but I'll tell you Making what I got, ab- I got absolutely ripped apart by the uh, the stewards but no nah, it was brilliant and I'll tell you what I'm, I'm really ga- I'm really happy that 
that you guys are welcoming me in and hopefully you guys um will help me invite me back on again that'd be great definitely yeah, i think it'd be good insight it's been it's always good like i said at the start to get a perspective of someone that's not attached because i think sometimes you can be a bit biased obviously we all are yeah oh, oh, mate. Extent, but um you, you ask me any question about liverpool uh my, my red tinted glasses are on so i know exactly <laughs> how you're feeling I do want to know what's going on with Salah. Like, why are they not just giving him a new contract? Just give him a contract. Just give him a contract. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe that's a touchy subject. We'll uh, we'll stick to Patterson and contract disputes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. Um, our aim going forward, and just for the listeners out there, we want to try and mix things up and get a different viewpoint on every week. I'm sure you'll be back again soon to offer your insight after a couple more games and maybe tell us about how you think things are going. Yeah, do you have any do you have any more Swans games lined up at the moment or is it uh... I'll be up at, I'll be up at all the home games for the rest of the season, I believe. Oh, lovely stuff. So awesome. uh, hopefully I'll be there and and maybe ooh, blimey, and maybe some away games as well. Um hope maybe Bristol City, West Brom, all the ones in the local um local sort of area. So that's the that's the plan. Well, feel free to tag us in your articles and stuff and we'll we'll get them shared and Amazing. i'll share them anytime i see them as well but um yeah. i'm sure everyone will enjoy will enjoy reading your stuff online so um once again thanks for coming on we'll see you again soon and thank you lee for joining me and on that note Amazing. we shall say goodbye don't forget to subscribe to see chris uh, in the future 100%. again yeah <laughs> be ridiculous and... if you didn't it's amazing content yeah, and, 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 and also, if you liked what he, he brought to the table today and liked his neutral views on the club, don't forget to hit that like button and tell us in the comments what you liked, or if you disagree with him, then tell us as well, so we can Please we can relay that information about why he was wrong. I'm sure he would love to hear it. So Absolutely. <laughs> Get those comments in, and we shall see you in the next video, but thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Tequila Comos, the highest-rated ultra-luxury tequila in the world, will also be leading tequila's most ambitious sustainability effort. Learn more at comosfoundation.org. That's K-O-M-O-S foundation.org. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th-minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering McDelivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.